Welcome to Voices of the Community, which explores critical issues facing Northern California communities. We introduce you to the voices of community thought leaders and changemakers who are working on solutions that face our fellow individual community members, neighborhoods, cities, and our region. This is George Coster, your host. This episode is part of our series exploring COVID-19's impact on nonprofits and small businesses in San Francisco. We started the series back in April of 2020 during the height of the first phase of the COVID-19 pandemic and the shelter-in-place requirements. Over these past nine months, the COVID-19 pandemic and economic meltdown has wiped out millions of jobs in both the nonprofit and small business sectors, as well as shuttered tens of thousands of small business operations. The goal of the series is to shine a spotlight on the nonprofits, small businesses, and their staff who are struggling to deal with the impact of the COVID-19 pandemic on their operations, services, and sustainability. The series of interviews we conducted features voices from a cross-section of organizations that make up the fabric of our community. Each of them brings a unique perspective on how they and we are dealing with the issues facing our community during the global pandemic and economic depression. One of the keys to our program, besides delivering nourishment to our homebound clients, is actually getting eyes on them to see how they're doing and talking with them. Well, in pandemic world, that's kind of hard to do uh, for their safety. Many of these clients have underlying medical conditions uh, that make them really vulnerable to a disease like COVID-19. In this episode, our featured voice is Jim Oswald, the Director of Marketing and Communications for Meals on Wheels San Francisco. Over their 50 years of operations in San Francisco, Meals on Wheels is the only organization to provide homebound seniors two home-delivered meals a day, seven days a week. In addition to providing meals, the Meals on Wheels San Francisco team provides our fellow senior community members with wraparound support services such as nutrition and counseling, well-being and safety checks, social work and case management, as well as coordinating minor home repairs, and volunteer-based grocery shopping, along with social phone calls to check in with homebound seniors. I'm joined remotely via Zoom by Jim Oswald, the Director of Marketing and Communications for Meals on Wheels San Francisco. And uh, Jim, thanks for being here today. Thanks for having me, George. I'd like to start off with you sharing with the audience kind of what the average age group is that, that Meals on Wheels serves, and then also you know, beyond just meals that you provide to a lot of our senior citizens, what are all the other wraparound services that you provide? Sure. Well, you know, kind of just stepping back, uh, Meals on Wheels here in San Francisco is celebrating 50 years of serving the community. So it's an incredible year as we all can attest to in many ways, but it's 50 years of serving older adults and adults with disabilities living here in San Francisco County. Our average age ultimately for folks on our program is right around 65, but really 60 plus we have clients who are 103 and everything in between. So you know, the mission ultimately, while it's based in food, our goal is to help older adults living in San Francisco live independently and safely in their homes. And we do that certainly through providing nourishment through our home delivered meals, but also through wellness and safety checks. So when our drivers deliver a meal to an older San Franciscan, they also get their eyes on that individual and chat with them and they can kind of see firsthand what, what may 
be happening or maybe if the person's you know struggling a little bit so we offer social work services where our social workers every uh, meals on wheels client is actually uh, partnered or paired with one of our social workers and we really kind of dig in to, to see what we can do to help them live safely in their homes whether it be a home or an apartment that they're renting or even a single residency occupancy room so that is basically the, the core mission of that. Ultimately, we're fortunate that we're able to provide these meals, some 2.2 million last year alone to about 4,300 individuals living in San Francisco. And then also part of what you do, Jim, is there's, you work with the food bank to also provide the delivery to seniors, which you know is a super important component given that so many of the seniors now are completely sequestered because of COVID-19. Yeah, you know, we want to meet individuals where they are in the trajectory, right? So we do have many uh, older adult clients who, you know, they just need a little assistance. They can still get out, they have mobility, but maybe they need, and they can still cook for themselves, but maybe they need a little assistance getting groceries. So through our partnership with the San Francisco Marine Food Bank, we deliver right around you know, 500 bags of groceries per week. It's a volunteer-run program right here at our Bayview headquarters. Uh, And this really helps those individuals, but also it's a way for us to develop a relationship with those individuals because over time, as people age in place in their homes, they may need more advanced services such as our Home Delivered Meals program. And so, Jim, how has COVID-19 really impacted Meals on Wheels' ability to serve your seniors and and operate? And, of course, I'm imagining that the need has really also exploded. Yeah, well, you know, COVID in itself has presented all kinds of challenges for everyone, right? For us, the biggest priority was safety. Safety of our staff, safety of our volunteers, and safety of our older adult clients. So, you know, from the the first week of March, we went into emergency mode. So that meant enacting even more strict protocols that we already do. (laughs) Kind of a, you know, a little stepping back here. We're a safety net organization even prior to COVID-19. So for us, we're kind of set to handle emergency crisis However, this was a huge crisis. So our goal was to make sure that our staff were healthy and safe. That meant certainly all of the protocols of sanitizing and PPE and really social distancing. We've had to multiply our kitchen areas uh, across various buildings throughout the city just so that we could accommodate social distancing needs. We enacted no contact deliveries with our drivers. As I mentioned earlier, you know, one of the keys to our program besides delivering nourishment to our homebound clients is actually getting eyes on them to see how they're doing and talking with them. Well, in pandemic world, it's kind of hard to do uh, for their safety. Many of these clients have underlying medical conditions uh, that make them really vulnerable to a disease like COVID-19. So no contact deliveries, you know, talking with clients from a very far away, and even more importantly, enacting our social work division to actually make regular calls to individuals just to see how they're doing. So those are the big challenges. And of course, for us, you know, we rely on the generosity of individuals for donations. And our biggest fundraiser of the year 
had to be postponed and actually canceled later on. That's a fundraiser that basically is responsible for about 52% of the funding for our meals. So it's a huge chunk. That's about $3 million. So, you know, we've been really fortunate that the community has been so supportive of us, both philanthropically, but also in donating in-kind services, PPE, all of those things. But right now, you know, we're looking for, you know, continued generosity. To that point, Jim, wonderful picture behind you of your new kitchen that you're working on. Please talk a little bit about that. But people who are viewing this or listening to this, you know, help, whether it's volunteer, if they don't have, you know, money to donate but have time or resources. How can people get engaged in supporting Meals on Wheels? Yeah, well, you know, as you see behind me, this is the brand new Meals on Wheels kitchen and food production facility. So no matter what was happening throughout the year, and there was a lot happening, right, (laughs) that we all were living through, we continued our mission of making sure that not a single older adult client missed a meal during the pandemic. Uh, Matter of fact, our base increased by 246% of new clients requesting services from us. So it's been a very busy time. But throughout all of that, we were able to continue construction of our new facility and it is ready to open in a matter of weeks. We expect by November to actually be producing the first meals out of this kitchen. Just to kind of put a little base to it, we pre-COVID would produce about 8,000 meals a day. During the pandemic, we had to increase that to about 10,000 plus meals a day, which is really putting a strain on the kitchen, our current facilities. The facility you see behind me will have the capacity for us to be able to produce 20,000 plus meals a day. So, and it's surely needed because at the end of the day, we're seeing an increase, uh, certainly around the country, but particularly in San Francisco, of our older adult population. And the projections show that basically, Uh, we'll need to produce 50 million meals within the next two decades. That's about 2.5 million meals a year. So the increase is there, the the need is great, and we're just thrilled to be able to to open this facility and provide services for another 50 years, hopefully, or longer. So, Jim, in all of your work with the seniors and Meals on Wheels, could you share with the audience perhaps one of your favorite stories that you've gathered over the years? Oh, there's just so many. I was just on the phone with one of our clients. She has the ability to do Zoom. You know, Zoom is the new thing this year, it seems, right, (laughs) for all of us. And she tells me, you know, about having to go out really early in the morning to get her walk in as part of her physical therapy so that she could avoid crowds of people because she's afraid of potentially running into someone who might have tested positive for the disease. I have to say, you know, our goal ultimately is to keep our clients safe, but I hear many stories from our drivers who have really developed relationships over the years with our clients. And one in particular uh, was right around April, uh, regular clients that our, our driver Jim went to, same name as me, he uh, delivered some meals one day and in front of the door, again, we're doing no contact deliveries, but in front of that door, to that home was a little package for him addressed to him. He opened up the package and inside were two homemade face masks for him. And with a little note from the older adult, it's a couple that live together. uh, So husband and wife who are on our program. And they just wanted to make sure they thanked him for everything and for coming out during a really challenging time. And they wanted to make sure he was safe. And I just thought that these individuals 
you know, have their own health issues. The, the one lady has arthritis, but yet she made these masks by hand. She was concerned about his well-being. So I think there are a lot of positive things that come out of a, a crisis. And certainly it's caring for one another is one of them. Well, to that kind of point, Jim, one of my final questions, and I've been asking everybody in the series, is what do you see are some of the positives that can come out of the COVID-19 pandemic and its kind of virtual meltdown of all of our social services and especially impacting the elderly? Yeah, you know, the coronavirus does not discriminate, but yet in some ways it does. So we could see firsthand through our clients, many of whom live on less than $1,000 a month, you know, a good portion of our clients are people of color. And those were the individuals that sometimes they don't have the resources to be able to protect themselves. So the pandemic really hit that community hard in San Francisco, particularly the Latinx community. So I, I say, you know, some of the more positive things that come out of that is awareness, ultimately. And for many of us, essential businesses and safety net organizations, you know, we figured out how to pivot ultimately so that we can continue the mission. And I think that's really, really important. So we've learned a lot during this. And at the same time, we've grown. So it's, it's been an incredible. And unfortunately, you know, you know, I think COVID-19 is going to be in our lexicon for another year easily. So we're doing everything now planning, you know, far out in advance to see how we best can serve our community. We're so grateful that this new kitchen is coming on board. Could not come any earlier. We wish it was already on board last year (laughs) just because of, of the pandemic, but it's been incredible. Jim, thank you so much for sharing all of your Wheels on Wheels work today. We'll make sure that all the viewers and listeners have your website, and information on how to participate as far as volunteer, et cetera, for Meals on Wheels. And please stay safe out there and give my best to the whole crew of volunteers that help make this work happen. I will. And if I could add, because I probably didn't answer that one question, you know, how folks can get involved. Well, we have two big events coming up. We have our October 11th fundraiser. It's a live virtual event that you can join online and you can find that information out at mowsf.org. And on November 19th, we are doing a live virtual dedication and celebration of the new kitchen right behind me. So folks, we really invite them to come you know, join us in this wonderful celebration. So those are some great things that you can do right from your living room. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Stay safe out there and appreciate all that you guys do to help our wonderful population of folks who are still hanging in there, still hunkered down and trying to make it you know, work every day. Thank you, George, so much. That's it for this episode of Voices of the Community. You've been listening to the voice of Jim Oswald, the Director of Marketing and Communications for Meals on Wheels San Francisco. Seniors have had the highest death rates of the COVID-19 pandemic. Meals on Wheels San Francisco provides an essential service of supporting our fellow senior community members to safely shelter in place and help reduce loneliness and isolation, which we're all feeling these days. To find out more about how you can help support our seniors, go to mowsf.org. We mentioned Meals on Wheels San Francisco's partnership with the San Francisco Marin Food Bank. You can find out more about the San Francisco Marin Food Bank by listening to Episode 2 of our series. We hope that you enjoyed the insights, points of view, and personal stories from the voices of changemakers and their nonprofits and small businesses featured in this series. To find out more and get engaged with the nonprofits, small businesses, and staff members featured in the series, please go to my website, 
georgecoster.com and click on Voices of the Community to find links to the extended versions of these interviews and to listen to the entire series. After listening to these stories, we hope that you will consider making a donation and volunteering to provide a hand up to your fellow community members. I want to thank my associate producer, Eric Estrada, along with Mel, Michael, and Lila at the San Francisco Public Press and KSFP. To listen to our next episode in the series and to our archived past shows, which feature community voices working on solutions to critical issues facing Northern California communities, please go to georgecoster.com. While you're on our website, please consider making a donation to help us provide future shows just like this one. Follow us on Twitter at George Coster, and please email us with feedback and show ideas at george at georgecoster.com. I'm George Coster in San Francisco, and thank you for listening.